0: Welcome back, listeners, to the early February edition of the Listening Podcast. It is episode 170. Um, I would say the state of the world, Jake, uh, to put it lightly, is a fucking shit show.
1: Yeah, it's a bit of a mess right now.
0: Yeah, we go into that in detail in the after show, so stick around for some takes on all of that between impeachment... Iowa caucuses, the tragic death of Kobe Bryant, the Super Bowl, uh, coronavirus outbreak. And the Oscars. And a little Oscars talk as well in the after show. We hit it all.
1: Yeah, we we went to the red carpet with (laughs) bearing bad news.
0: Yes, we did. Um, So 2020 is off to a hot start in terms of things going on in the world. I would also say... It's off to a hot start music-wise.
1: I totally agree with
0: you. It's come out of the gate, like, pretty strong. Yeah, it's come out swinging. Yeah, we have quite a few albums to talk about. Um, So I think this episode will be just dedicated to conversation around each of those. Um, And I think what we'll do, Jake, is kind of... I think there's a couple albums that we have both really latched on to that individually we love. Yep. And maybe the other person hasn't listened as much,
1: or likes, but yeah, yeah. Hasn't explored um, as, as,
0: so I, I think it'll be interesting to to kind of ask each other about what we like about these albums and, and what we're thinking. But I want to start off with what I think is the best album of the decade so far, Jake. These are
1: bold terms, very
0: bold. Uh, this new Pine Grove record, Marigold. Uh, this came out January seventeenth, I believe. Yep. Um, it is their third official studio album. Uh, it's coming off the heels of the controversy uh, that struck in 2018 uh, with lead singer-songwriter Evan Stevens-Hall. Uh, but they're back again, and I think they've put out an excellent record.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, I am always very taken by the product that is a Pine Grove album. I think from every sort of angle, it's kind of just like tailor-made for someone like me. Yeah, It's like a little bit of that country kind of folky feel mixed with just enough of the emo and kind of rock yep. element. Um, excellent sort of clever songwriting all packaged in like a 30 minute frame yeah. with an album cover that looks like Rothko. And it's like, I <laughs> yeah, it's catnip. It is. It's catnip.
0: That is such a good point. I think, um, you know, I, I kind of jokingly say best album of the decade so far. It's, you know, we're, 35 days in, whatever, Um, Pine Grove and their music is tailor-made for us. We're about the same age as Evan Stevens Hall is. I think he has a a similar outlook on the world and life as we do, which is sort of like well-educated, privileged, white men
1: from the East Coast. Yeah. Um, Who – Yeah. And this is to pat ourselves on the back, I guess, which I don't really mean to do, but this is more talking about him – people who have that privilege Mm -hmm. and come from that area and have really only ever known probably some level of comfort. um, But also like at least try to understand the world and at least try to lead with some form of empathy.
0: Yeah. That's a great point. And I think seeing the world and growing up through the lens of that privilege, but then realizing, oh, wait, this isn't how it is for everyone else and trying to balance those things while also figuring things out for yourself. And I think a lot of his lyrics really speak to that experience. There's so many lyrics on this album that I relate to in a similar way that I related to lyrics on Cardinal and on Skylight. And it feels like Pine Grove songs soundtrack my life in a way that's like very on the nose sometimes. Yeah, But I love that. That's something I love about Pine Grove. Um, and, yeah, I, I think this album's excellent. Um, from the minute Dotted Lines started as the first track, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> We're back.
1: Yeah, and, like, I already knew a song-like moment as yeah. a single. Um, and it was sort of the per- – because they put that out a long time I know. ago. That that single came out, I think, in August. I think you're right. Because I remember I was on, like, vacation with my family at, in, in Maine. like, yep. And um, – so i have known that song for a long time and to hear it in the context of the album it only works better it and does. i think what's great about what what i think pine grove has really like fallen into a great sort of niche of of doing is like they have these really quieter contemplative moments yep. they're an excellent quiet loud band yeah. even though they seem like on their surface like kind of like a little bit uh like folk rocky they do stuff in ways that are a little more dynamic than many others and they have a sound of a quality to the way their music's recorded and produced, and probably just the the way they, the amps they use, whatever yeah. pedals they play with, there's a tone to the instruments on p- that has remained, if not a constant, at least like, it's it's a, a major calling card of their sound. Yeah. And I just, they, you can fall right into that. I completely agree. It's got this lo-fi feel,
0: but not in, at all, like, low quality, if that makes it sense.
1: It all sounds a little scratchy yeah. in a way that complements uh evan stevens hall's voice yes exactly which is also like kind of it's the gravelly yeah. kind of scratchy and
0: i think on this album in particular he's letting a lot of these songs breathe in ways that uh, feel a little bit more mature i think on a song like the alarmist that was one that was released as i think one of the last singles actually and i remember hearing it as a single and being like ah, i didn't love that i didn't like that as much as moment or uh or phase yeah the context of the album. I think this song's beautiful. Yeah. It's and it's it's a highlight for me. Yeah. Um so yeah, I, I think just very impressed with this album. It definitely feels a little bit more mature. I think um the way it describes sort of day to day life and this idea that like nothing nothing necessarily changes from day to day, but you are still kind of living with yourself and still need to figure out what works for you. Yeah. Um, is a big theme on this album. There's a lot of lyrics about like waking up or like facing another day. Yeah. Or I, I really like um I think it's on phase like uh you know I wake up and put on a sweater from the day before yeah. like that's so relatable like
1: it's gonna get just better. kind of these yeah.
0: days are bleeding together in a way like I, I
1: like that. one that has stuck with me since the beginning is the is what really is the final track because there's marigold, but that's a six minute kind yeah. of like ambient piece. Um, neighbor, mm. um, which on surface level before, before I had really, I, before I read the lyrics, I thought of it as just a song about like, you know, the chorus is, I love my neighbor. I love his determined behavior. And then one of them is I love my neighbor. I don't understand his yeah. behavior. Um, and then one is I love my neighbor, but something, her behavior, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I, on its surface, I was like, oh, that's kind of a nice way to like, say like, I kind of love all these people yeah. around me or whatever. Yeah. The first two verses are about animals. Yeah, the first two verses, one is about an opossum that's dying in the street. Yeah, and he's like, uh, "I it, it's incumbent on me to do something about it, but I don't know what to do." And like it's pouring rain, and I, yeah. I don't know what to do with for this poor opossum. And then he says, "I love my neighbor. I love her like determined behavior. That makes it really sad for me because he's looking at mm. these animals almost as like his neighbor." And then the final verse. Is about a flock of geese flying off and then all scattering after one gets shot. That's right, and that's when he says, "I love my neighbor, though I don't understand his behavior. I love that bird, but I don't want to take her." Yeah, and I was like, "And you, know, you can, you can easily mock this, like two white dudes, like ooh, fawning over like yeah. pseudo intellectualism <laughs> in lyrics." But that was meaningful to me. Yeah, because it does speak to the way I kind of view the world now. It's like. I'm trying to live with a little more empathy and a little more care for other people, but it's like sometimes you just, I can't get you. That's it, it's so frustrating. such a
0: good point, and I think that song demonstrates that very well. Um, for me, the lessons that I take from this album, and, and maybe, maybe for both of us, we're taking what we need from this Pine Grove album at this point in our lives. For me, it's sort of like dealing with a period of uncertainty or pain And kind of looking back and being like, like on endless endless is my late album highlight where, you know, it's feeling pretty bad to me, but I don't think it goes on endlessly. Yeah. That's just an important lesson. I think you learn as you get older where, you know, whether you're dealing with mental health issues or not, or just like going through hard times, I think it's important to remember that like you, you can just kind of go on and, and it's going to be okay. Even if it sucks right now, um, so I think the the whole album is layered with ideas about that and about what you mentioned with the empathy thing. Um, and again, like Pine Grove, I think, is a very unique band to us in that we are disproportionately moved by this music, whereas I think... Right. Not, not to say that they don't have fans. I think they're actually one of the more successful indie rock bands, but just I think the way they're talked about or handled, maybe critically... Um, or as part of the wider musical landscape, isn't to the ratio that we hold them
1: That's at. fair. No, that's totally you fair. Know? Yep, I um, agree. But great album. Marigold. Yes,
0: I, I completely agree. Really
1: quick last thought. I uh, was a little surprised, to be perfectly honest, to see how low the Pitchfork score was for this.
0: Uh, I was too. A little surprised. I was too. I was disappointed because I think this album is just as good as Skylight and Cardinal.
1: I agree. I think I think yeah. they've put out three very consistent I, I, albums. I do
0: too. I do too. That's, that's a great point, though. Um, Jake, I want to talk to you a little bit about this Andy Schaaf album, The Neon Skyline. Yeah. Uh, so this came out back in January as well. Um, I gave it, I, I listened a couple times, but I know you've been taking to it a little bit more. Yeah, I've really um, fallen for this album. From what? what I understand, it's a really interesting concept for the album. The songs are written from the perspective of different characters who are all out at this
1: bar. That, that's what I understand about it. And it seems like... Um, Like, Judy is one of the characters. I, I'm forgetting some of the names because, frankly, like, the concept itself or the story itself that's trying to be told is is sort of less important to yeah, me. Yeah, I felt like it didn't really matter, actually. That's how I always feel about concept yeah. albums, where, to me, it's like, I, I'm not so worried about the uh, the story of what happens to the characters right. when they're out at the bar. I just think the 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 actual way it's told is funny and yeah, is, is yeah. interesting and endearing. Yes, and um, so yeah, I've been very into this album, and 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 like mostly even outside of the fact that it's a concept album, really into the way it's produced, the way it sounds. Andy Schaaf is someone who I was loosely familiar with through um that previous album, The Party. Okay. I had listened to it like twice, I yep. think, and I definitely liked it, but just yep. didn't get way in on it, um. It's definitely very up my alley specifically. I was going
0: to say, when I was listening to this, I think I'd seen that you would listen to it first on our spreadsheet. I was like, oh yeah, i got to check that out. I've been hearing good things. In my first listen through, I was like, oh, I bet Jake really likes this album.
1: Yeah, it it has a lot of calling cards of the types of music that I really like, where um, it is, so first of all, like I think three different people I've talked to, including you, mm-hmm. one of the first reactions they've said is, like, oh, this sounds like Paul Simon. Yeah, yeah. And like, it's funny because I never thought that initially, but it totally does yeah, sound like yeah. Paul Simon. Um, it's this sort of idiosyncratic songwriting style. This guy is from Saskatchewan yeah. in Canada and has a really... From a different part of the country. Yeah, yeah. has a really pronounced accent. Yeah. Um, and, and sings with what I can only describe as like... Every vowel sound that I think I know, yeah. he sings it the opposite different way. way. Yeah, he just sings point. every vowel yep. different. Yep, um, and it, so that is one element that is kind of endearing. It's like the first time you heard whatever people say, and um, that's what I'm not by Arctic Monkeys, and you're like, "What's this accent?" Yeah,
0: yeah, that's a great point.
1: Also, these are like. Very melodically strange and interesting songs, like, but they work, they're catchy mm-hmm. almost in a way like a Jens Lechman album is definitely, but, but a little bit less on the nose catchy, a yep. little bit more, I think, challenging melodically yes. with some weird chord changes. Which is just like people who know me and my musical preferences that is like absolute catnip yes. for me is like an interesting chord change and figuring out how that melody works and stuff. Um, and I think there are more to the concept part of the album. There's interesting characters on this throughout. There's interesting moments about being out at the bar, being out drinking with your friends and the kinds of the different ways you kind of shit on each other and joke around. And like, there's the line where one of the characters says like, it's like she grabs my coat and says, I've missed this. And I say, I've missed you too. And she says, no, the coat, like that kind of thing is I think like sort of clever and cute and endearing. So the album in general, has just been really doing it for me, and I think that this is somebody who I'm gonna like continue to keep an eye on for nice. sure. Love it, you I'm... and so you definitely at least like. I do. Oh, the oh I definitely like it,
0: and I I will say I think the only reason why I haven't listened more is it's be it's because it's been such an exceptionally busy early part of the year for music. Yeah, there's been so much out there that I've wanted to listen to,
1: and to be perfectly honest, with this and with Pine Grove. I've kind of been listening to those albums at the expense of a lot of the other ones. Yeah. Which is like, you know, it, it does me a disservice on a podcast. But, but you're enjoying it more. But that, I'm enjoying that's those That's what matters. More. And I, I yeah. think finding
0: connections to those albums is more than having a take about, you know, the new fucking Wild Nothing EP.
1: <laughs> well, and if I could just say one last thing that I think is, is cool is like, I, I think it's not all that common that you hear an artist who has a voice and style that really is pretty much their own. <laughs> Fair, and I think that's really what's cool about Andy Shuff. Now, there's comparisons. Paul Simon is one, and there, that definitely yeah. is there to be made. But I, I don't think there's that many artists who make music just like him. Like I think there's a little bit of Randy Newman going on yeah. in there. There's a little bit of like, you know, um, any number of those artists. So absolutely,
0: yeah, been really into it. I would say my kind of version of this that I've been loving is the new Destroyer album. Mm-hmm. Have we met? Uh, so Destroyer is the um, Performing name of Dan Behar, who uh, was a member of the New Pornographers, has a prolific solo career. Very prolific. We've talked a lot about him on the podcast in the past. Kaput was one of my top-ranked albums of
1: last decade. I was looking at his album, so I listened to this once, I was looking at the list of his albums on Spotify. I had forgotten about Ken. Ken, yeah. I forgot Ken was yep. an album, and that ever happened.
0: Yep. Uh, destroyer's rubies is another one of my favorites that album's excellent so i was really excited for this uh album have we met and i gotta say this is up there with some of his best work i have been loving this he has such a specific delivery of his lyrics and they're all sort of like absurdist um sort of like they're like not real They're, they're just sort of like this spoken word almost like Rambling stream of conscious way with these little bits of like brilliance, uh, throughout where you really think he hits on like this genius idea
1: or way of viewing the world. It's really interesting because I think that the, these first two albums, ex- with the exception of Pinegrove, Andy Schaaf, and this Destroyer album, we did pick two pretty idiosyncratic singers to talk about first, yeah, we like did. both of them you know who the fuck is singing yeah, when they come on. You know? like, And I agree. That came across to me as well. I like this album. I've only listened once. I, I do want to know, like, what's your early sense in terms of you're a pretty – you have a pretty good sense of the, the catalog of Destroyer. Yeah, yeah. Where this, do you think this could end up ranking for this you? This
0: is up there for me with Destroyer's Rubies and Kaput. Okay. As in that – so I think Kaput will always be my favorite. I think that's his masterpiece. Um. This is on the same plane as Destroyer's Ruby, rubies for me.
1: And where where would you put like a Ken or a Poison Season? Poison
0: Season and Ken hey. would be lesser uh, works. I'm really liking Poison Season. Though. Poison Season's very good. I, I like Poison Season more than Ken. Um, I would say, off the top of my head, I would rank Caput, Destroyer's rubies, Have We Met? Um, Poison season, and I really... So I haven't listened to a lot from the early 2000s by him. But I did listen to the Five Spanish Songs EP that came out in 2013. Yeah, That was awesome, really? too. Um But yeah, I mean, I, I, I really, really like this. A couple of the highlights on here, the first track, Crimson Tide, I think is great. There's a really... So like I was saying, he'll go from like kind of spoken word rambling into like this really cool... Uh, like, melodic moment. And he does that to great effect on Crimson Tide. Like, there's this whole part where he starts off and he's just sort of, like, doing that spoken word thing. Um, and then towards the end, he has this idea about you can you can follow a salary to the bottom of the ocean. is, And then he, like, quickly speeds up. He goes, is that yours? Throw it in the pot. I thought it was smart. I'm not. I thought I was sick and dying. Like, just... The way he spits out these ideas, I yeah. think, is awesome.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and I just get caught on some of these little like earworm lyrical hooks yep. throughout. Like, I've just been walking around the apartment for the last week saying, Q synthesizer. Yes. Like just with with yes. the
1: effect he puts on. And his voice has such a mystical quality Yes, to Yeah. It. So such it's stuff a, like that. It's such a like this dude. Sees through yes. the permeable yes. layer. Yes, I know,
0: I know. So yeah, uh, Q Synthesizer's a highlight. The Ravens a highlight. Crimson Tides a highlight. I've just been really enjoying it. I, I would recommend going back for another listen on this one if you get the chance. Oh, dude,
1: I absolutely plan to. Cool. Absolutely plan to. Definitely really liked it. And I think my my only other thought is that upon first listen, I liked this more immediately than I have any of the new stuff I've heard from him, which for me gotcha. only dates back to Poison Season and Can. Have
0: you listened to Kaput yeah, or Destroyer's times. Rubies? Only Kaput. You'd and really yes. like Destroyer's Rubies, I'm sure I would. I'm, yeah. it, it's a little more um, rock-forward okay, than Kaput yeah. or okay. really any of his other stuff, actually. Um, it's it's very, very good. I would listen to the song European Oils and Painter in Your Pocket. Just just listen to those two, okay. and you'll get a good sense of that album. Um, so I think those were the three that we've been highest on, Jake, but we had a whole we had like another half dozen albums that came out that were also very good. I want to quickly hard. touch on this Bombay Bicycle Club record. Um, everything else has gone wrong. This is their first album in six years and comes off a little bit of a hiatus. Um now we're both I don't want to say we're the biggest Bombay Bicycle Club fans. I like them. I've always liked them. Yeah. I've never thought they're as good or meaningful as maybe other people we know have thought they are. Yes. I think they're actually pretty inconsistent in terms of quality of their records. I think um, I had the blues, but I shook them lo- loose is excellent. Um, I think uh, the one they came out with in 2014, and I'm blanking on the name so right now. So Long See you Tomorrow. Yeah, So Long See you Tomorrow is excellent. And other than that, I, I I think a different kind of fix and flaws are just just sort of pretty good.
1: So I I've never listened to fit flaws or a different kind of fix. Okay. I have listened to this most recent album. Everything has else has gone wrong, uh, and the first one had the blues and so long see you tomorrow. Okay, and I think that so long see you tomorrow is an album that was excellent and that I loved in 2014 and is excellent in a way that I have no interest in listening to anymore.
0: So I thought that too. Yeah, and I went back and I listened before. Everything Else Has Gone Wrong came out. Just to see where I was at with Bombay. And I actually really enjoyed it. It that's, held up for me. That's awesome And I was to like, hear. oh, okay. Like, yeah, no, I still like this. I agree. It's a style of music and it has a feel that I don't always want to engage with or live in anymore.
1: And, yeah. But it was still good. And I think that in some ways this album, this new one, feels a little bit like an extension of where they went with that album. It does. Sonically. It does. Where it's a little bit more like there's some synth ambience going on. Um, this album to me, this new one feels like more of like, it's almost like a series of meditations or something. Like there's a number of songs on here where like the lyrics feel like on a, on a song like, uh, eat, sleep, wake, nothing but you, which I think is the highlight on it is a good song. I think the song, everything else has gone wrong. is pretty good. Agreed. I like the, the, the song get up the first track. Yeah. Um, it's, it has this quality of like, it almost feels like somebody grappling with, Existence or things that yeah. have been like things that have gone wrong, which is probably pretty obvious but to me in a in a
0: much less interesting way than what Pine Grove is doing on Marigold.
1: In a much less interesting way
0: on this album. Oh, I is thought you said so much I, less. Interesting. I thought you said more. oh no, that's that. You're right. It came out weird. Oh, gotcha. I think the way it's handled on this Bombay album is not as interesting. Not as unique as of a perspective and indie rock by the numbers in a way that look this album's good. It's just a little vanilla, yeah. One hundred percent. I really don't even have that much else to say about it, other no, than like this is solid.
1: Because to be perfectly honest, I've listened like maybe three, four times. And that's all you need. And on every this. time I've listened, I've been like, "Yeah, I like this. Yeah, this is cool. I have no qualms with this whatsoever." But there's nothing about it. That is, like, really grabbing me and, and, and demanding my attention, no, really. No,
0: this this feels like a retread, like you said, of So Long, See You Tomorrow. I, I would say even less interesting, though.
1: Although it's, it's really interesting now to see just how fast time has gone by. Because, <laughs> like, yeah. that album came out in 2014. And to me, I still think of that album as, like, sort of recent. I know and like that's no, oh that's like not. the new Bombay right and to see just the stark contrast on even the Spotify page of 2014 <laughs> 2020 and and I always think about like what's a band who released oh, an album man. in 74 and then not again till 1980
0: that cause when you're looking back you're like oh what happened during those years yeah, like, what, what was ha- going on there exactly
1: and like know? that's starting to happen with these bands yep. that we started tracking in college I know and like the and evidently some shit has gone wrong <laughs> like what <laughs> What happened? <laughs> everything, everything else has gone wrong to Jake. To, to Jack of I know. Bombay Bicycle Club. Everything else, apparently, and I, I, I think there's some lyrics on here literally about balding. Yeah, because I think that has happened to him. Yes, and there because there's a part about like losing collagen, losing yeah. whatever, and yeah. and I just I I had never really considered it as much. Like that must be a real identity that's very yeah shaking thing. Yeah. To have anything like that happen to you. I know. That's very interesting.
0: Anyways, yeah. Um another one I want to quickly quickly hit on is this 070 Shake album Modus Vivendi. This is very enjoyable. It is. I so I, I I like this more than I thought I would. Me too. Um there's a lot of just catchy ass songs on here, man. Look, I don't think it all works. I think No, maybe um, not. What is it like? How long is this album? It is. Let's see. Hold on. Eh, It's 14 songs, 44 minutes. It's eh, okay. 44
1: minutes, Uh, yeah. That's a little long.
0: I don't think it all works, but when it works, it's like, damn, these are some, like, I'm going to be coming back to a lot of these songs for the rest of the year.
1: Me too. I can't, I'm going to do like on my next list and I think I'm going to pick out some of the ones from my best of the year playlist because there will be some that make it because like like you said, there's some real earworms and like if you liked the vocal delivery that that 07 O'Shake had on... Uh, that Kanye album Ghost Town on yeah on Ghost yeah. Town which was by far the highlight of the that best very mo- mediocre album. Yep. Um you'll enjoy this and this is it, it it's not exactly that either no. cuz the production is is a little different. Yes, it is.
0: Um I would say if you like sort of the more melodic sort of psychedelic, I would even say Travis Travis Scott-ish Sound, I think there's going to be a lot here that you enjoy. Um, In particular, I think the song Guilty Conscience Mm -hmm. is excellent. Nice to have. Under the Moon, the last track, Flight 319. There's a lot to like here. Um, Don't have a ton else to say other than like this is cool. I'll mark. I will say,
1: it really interesting. Not Very what cool. I expected whatsoever.
0: No, no. Um, but yeah, I, I think this has been enjoyable and a nice kind of surprise this early in the year.
1: Um, I, before we go to th- that album that I see you highlighting in the agenda, I want to ask you a few questions about the subsequent, the one after on the list, this Please. Wolf Parade album, Thin yes. Mind. So, of the albums we're talking about today, this is the only one I have not listened okay. to. I am also about one quarter of the Wolf Parade fan you are. I, I definitely like them. I've enjoyed their music in the past. Um, you're the real sort of like mega fan of Big Wolf Parade. A uh, part of the Wolf Pack. Well, exactly, as yep. as Wolf Parade fans call themselves. Of course. Because they're... Starting mm, right now. They are, Well, and, and Wolf Parade fans are largely um, frat bros from 2009. Yes, after, exactly. After The, uh, the Hangover came uh. out that is absolutely
0: correct. We're uh, a rowdy bunch. Yeah, so this new Wolf Parade album Thin Mind. Um Is it a full length or an EP? It's a full length. Uh and this comes off of Oh man, when did they put out that last one? That was I'll check That was you. already a couple years ago.
1: Yeah, it, that last wow, one. Time time is flying. Came out in 2017. 2017. 2017. Cry cry cry. Wow. Is the name.
0: Okay, so that was kind of the big comeback. Cry cry cry, which I did really enjoy. I I enjoyed it. I didn't think it was great. It never reached the heights of Apologies to the Queen Mary. Um, Here's the deal. Wolf Parade is an exceptionally talented band. Um, They put out a lot of good music through the Wolf Parade name, moniker, as well as their solo projects. I will say this Wolf Parade album is my least favorite I have heard by them. Okay. There's some there's some good tracks on it. There's some highlights. Um, for example, I really like the second track, "Julia Take Your Man Home." That's that's a Spencer song.
1: Okay. Um,
0: I think the stronger songwriting on this album comes from Spencer. Um, Dan is still doing his thing, but I think it's a little like the Bombay point we just made, where you know, like it's the same. I I'll just I'll go listen to Old Wolf Parade. If I if I want that feel, like, you know, Apologies to the Queen Mary is an all-time classic. Out Mountain Zoomer is underrated and very good. You know, this is this is fine. It's fine. Yeah. I, I I there's going to be a couple songs I like when I'm doing Wolf Parade listens, you know. I'll I'll throw it on and enjoy it enough, but I, it's not going to move the needle. It's not going to be one of my favorites of this year. I've only listened like three times. I'm probably not really going to go back to it too much.
1: So, okay. I have not listened to this album. Probably will not now. Okay. Um. And I was going to just say as a sort of a tangent. Yeah. And I think we've talked about this before. One of my favorite dynamics in band culture, yeah. in bands, is the two songwriter band. Same. Um, this probably goes back to John and Paul. Definitely. For, but... I love the idea of like, oh, this is a Spencer song versus this is a Dan song. Yes. Uh, Blink-182 is a great example of that. Modern Baseball was a yep. good example. Yep. Um, what are they called there? I almost just called them the Rembrandts, but that's the band that <laughs> plays the Friends theme. Who's the band that has that uh, After the Party album? Oh, the Menzingers. The Menzingers. Yes. <laughs> the <Yes>. Rembrandts. <laughs> <laughs> like, why the fuck not? <laughs> yeah. Similar thing though. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. With the two songwriter exactly. dynamic. Um, I always, with some exceptions, I feel like I always like pick a favorite. Yes, even if I won't let on to yes. it all the time. Yes, um, same. Let, let's do something really quick. Let's rattle through some of those. Okay,
0: favorite Wolf Parade for me is Spencer. Uh, favorite modern baseball was I think I, I think it was always Bren. Me too. Um, favorite of the Menzingers is the dude who writes the better songs. I
1: think his name is Greg. Greg. Uh what about Blink? Are you <laughs> the dude who writes the better songs. that's
0: so insulting to the other guy who also has like some good songs, but they're pretty, they're pretty good. Yeah.
1: Um <laughs> I think with Blink one eighty two I struggle.
0: Um yeah. It's Mark or Tom. Yeah, I think if it's if you're
1: thinking voices here, listeners, Tom is the all the small things voice. Mark is the what's my and age you. again? Yeah, he's the deep voice, and I miss you. Tom is the where are you? I think I like Tom more. I like Tom a little better, too. And here's what I'll say is that I think Mark is a more clever songwriter. And, like, if you listen to Enema of the State, have you listened to that album all the way through? No, I haven't. Dude, it's actually like you would fucking. I know I would. Like, start to finish? I know I would. Because it's just like a band that did that sound better than anyone at their absolute peak, and they're just trading off. Gem after gem yeah, I gotta check on that. that whole record, yeah, and it's like twenty three minutes or something. What are the biggest songs from that? um What's my age again? Adam's song, Damn. all the small things. Damn. It is their best
0: songs Yeah,
1: it's it was massive.
0: Shit. All right, I'm gonna listen to that,
1: dude. I think you'll really enjoy it, and it's one you can throw on your discovered albums list. Fuck of, yeah, easy layup. You'll 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 a yeah, February layup. You'll finish it in in twenty minutes or Love so. Love it. Okay, um, and I agree with with Bren from Modern Baseball. Okay. R.I.P. That band. Yeah, they burned bright and then burned n- not at all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, okay, let's quickly hit Jeff Parker, sweet from Max Brown. Um, this has got a best new music on Pitchfork. Uh, one of only two so far. Actually, that's a decent clip for February fifth. You think so? I do. I do.
1: Only one in January. Yeah, I think that's normal.
0: Okay. Yeah. Um, I like this. I would or two in January. There's not two January. in January. Okay. okay. Um, the way I described this to big friend of the pod, Kara, I was like, "Yeah, I was listening to this new Jeff Parker album. It's like, it's like some modern ass
1: jazz. It is modern ass jazz, and it it kind of feels like." Jazz Through the Lens of Like one of those kind of like experimental producer yeah. DJ type of albums mm-hmm. like a like a DJ Shadow type of thing or like you know Great call. Um it's excellent and the guitar playing is really cool on it and it definitely has jazz elements but it also feels like kind of just a, an album of beats in some it ways. It does and I think a song like Fusion Swirl which is a highlight for me that's
0: the third track on here. It really feels like the first track in some ways because, yeah. you know. There's you, that
1: song with vocals that uh, yeah, the, is a low light for me. The same, first track. Same. Me it, I'm always like, oh, wait, like, I don't. I know. It's not bad. It's no. just that I'm like, this is not the tone of the album uh, uh, yeah, the rest but of the way. Fusion Swirl is like, I'm like, oh, this is what jazz could be now. What I think why we like this album so much is that what has happened with rap beats and beats in general yes. is a lot of the sampling of like jazz guitars and yes. jazz instruments into rap beats this album just feels like jazz enveloping itself in beats to sound like that and it's it's awesome
0: that's a great point the album that in my brain is a precursor to this is to pimp a butterfly
1: Dude, yeah, it, it's to similar pimp to a that butterfly kind
0: of primed my brain to be open to this album.
1: It also feels like kind of a little bit less crazy and frenetic version of like a flying lotus type of thing.
0: Yeah, yes, that's a that's a very good call. So yeah, I, I, I've been enjoying it. This is a nice like I'm working and I don't want to listen to lyrics. Yeah, and maybe that's why we're both lower on the first track because it's the only one with lyrics.
1: Right, and yeah. I'm just I'm not. I'm I, like,
0: well, no, get me to Fusion Swirl. Yeah, get, let me hear <laughs> like
1: these beats though. Exactly, and, like the exactly. beats will be great. I like the beats, please.
0: A uh, couple more. We we wow, we've had a lot of albums like that are worth talking about. Yeah, um, Francis Quinlan, lead singer of Hop Along, put yep. out a solo record called Likewise.
1: Good album name.
0: Good album name. Good album. Here's my thing. Here's my one take before we before I move on to another one. Um I always like don't love the hop along output. Yep.
1: Yeah. What what do you think is your is the best hop along album? I think it's the one with like the skull and the apple and stuff on the front. The painted, blue one, painted painted shut. shut. That's yeah. my favorite. That was I like that first, better yeah. than bark your head off dog. Me
0: too. A lot of people say I like uh, say Get Disowned is their favorite. Now, oh, okay. I think that one has a couple awesome songs. Um, but as a full album, I always liked Painted Shut the most.
1: The effect that Hopalong needs to have for me to like an album, if I'm being totally honest, is what has to happen with with me with them is I have to kind of know the song for a while. Yep. Step away from it. Yep. Hear it some more, step away from it, and then listen to the album all together and be like, "Oh, yeah, I remember this song. Yeah. This is the one where she sings Louisiana." <laughs> or like, this is the one where she sings like she sings a lot of state names. She does Yes. And I think
0: I also need some, like, screaming. I need some Frances Quinlan, like, really pushing the vocals.
1: There's one on here where she really goes She does.
0: I think it's called, uh, like, something about L.A., right? Like, I I went to L.A. Yeah. That's my favorite on here. So I I think when Hop Along and Frances Quinlan loses me a little bit is, and I think this is a, a highlight, though, as well, is she kind of meanders with the melodies and it almost trends into like this spoken word thing that she'll then extract melodies out of which i think is really interesting and almost no one else does this but i think at times i'm just like well you've lost me on the song and then she hits with like heaven is a second chance screams to close out uh, I went to LA and I'm like, oh, I'm I'm very much in. But then other times I'm like, okay, that song didn't really go anywhere.
1: Yeah, I think I I agree generally. I usually like don't love their stuff. And and again, I do like it. I think it's it's good and it and it usually hits more at a song level than an yeah. album level. I I do think that like Francis seems to be we're on a first name basis. Of um, course, Francis is seems capable of doing something with her voice that I think is like actually like singular. Yeah, I don't really think there's anyone I've ever heard who has her vocal quirks. The way she's able to channel Uh -uh. them. There's a certain like squeezed compressed yeah. throat rasp thing uh-huh. she does that is just like that it's like, oh that's just Francis Quinlan. Who can do that? Yes. That is, I've never heard anyone else sing that exact And life. that's
0: always sort of the appeal of listening. Is even if the songs don't always hit, you're like, well at least this is gonna be unique and interesting.
1: It's 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 the appeal. It's also in the moment when I'm not feeling that exact thing. It's when yeah, I'm I like, know. ooh wait, like I'm I not know.
0: that's the thing. I can't just always put on Francis Quinlan or hop along yeah I really got to be in the mood yeah I agree with you I agree um okay Jake I want to talk quickly about this uh tours album silver tongue um uh I got into tours back in 2015 with her album I think it's called sprinter had a a handful of great songs on there
1: now did you listen to three futures I did not neither did I or maybe I did once I don't remember was that her
0: first one or no it's the next next one one. no I listened to her
1: first one. one once
0: or twice Didn't listen to her previous album. I I saw it didn't get great reviews. I know there was a whole controversy about how it wasn't, like, commercially appealing enough for the label she was on. And she got dropped from her label. Oh. So I felt really bad for her. Um, She's come back with Silver Tongue and put together a really good album, actually. You know, I would put this up just below Pine Grove and Destroyer as, like, my next favorite. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. so I would say if you get a chance to listen more, do it. Um, the first four songs are, like, excellent. Uh, Good Scare, Last Four is Dressing America, Records of Your Tenderness. Um, I don't even know really how to describe it other than tours in her own way, has a pretty singular voice, too. Um I don't know. Just it's good, and I've been enjoying it. So check that out if you are on the fence. I, yeah. I say do it.
1: I listened once today, and I, I was won over. It. And I, I actually didn't even love Sprinter when it came out. Okay, yeah. I actually like. I thought it was definitely good. Yeah. Something about it just never totally resonated, and I've remained sort of indifferent towards news yeah. about her. Um. But based on your recommendation, I gave it a listen. It's definitely worth it. It's good. I'll probably good. have more thoughts in future podcasts. Sure.
0: Uh, and the last one we wanted to hit on, Jake, is Drive By Truckers. With The Unraveling. Yeah. Now, we got into Drive-By Truckers back in, what, 2017, 2018 with American Band.
1: Which is just an awesome album. We
0: loved that album. so good. We then saw them at Newport Folk Fest, which I thought was a pretty affecting performance, especially coming off the heels of the 2016 election, a couple of shootings as well. Um, It
1: made me love them even more. And, Sean, lest we forget, this is another... Two singer songwriter band. That's right. The dynamic exists That's here. Such a good point. For me, the the singer songwriter I like better in this band is Patterson Hood. I, agreed. And the way, reason right. I know that Sean is that I don't remember the other singer's name, exactly. and I remember Patterson Hood's exactly. name, who has an awesome name.
0: Patterson Hood is the straw that stirs the drink
1: here. In right, and it seems like as you were saying to me before I listened to it. Yes, this is a rather heavy Patterson album. It is now. I if I'm Remembering, I
0: think there's only two or three from the other guy.
1: we got to find the other guy's name. Uh, okay, look, look up that right up now. right now. Uh, We're doing uh, I mean, a disservice. Look, there's
0: only nine songs on this album. I think only two or three are non-Patterson Hood albums. Now, coming off of American Band and seeing them at Newport Folk Fest. It's Mike Cooley. Mike Cooley. Okay. It seems like the direction Drive-By Truckers has taken is like, Hey, we are going to be the voice of reason for maybe people who live in the south and have a lot of trump leanings yep a lot of the songs on here kind of deal with that um to varying degrees of quality i think because while i agree with everything they're saying on this album politically Just, yeah sometimes it can come across as too on the nose i
1: was gonna say dude okay this is another one I've listened to one time, yeah. and my, my instant hot take quick reaction is it's enjoyable. Yeah. I think it's going to be good. It feels like I won't like it as much as uh, American Band, and it feels like it is like a little on the nose in its messaging.
0: They're leaning way into that. And look, I get it. Like It's a partisan time. There's a lot of stuff going on. I think it's important that art speaks to that. I think there is uh, some subtlety that is needed with that sometimes. Look, this album deals with gun violence, deals with the heroin epidemic. Yep. Uh it deals with uh low incomes in the south or in places that have been hit hard by, you know, the recession in a way that have never recovered. It deals with I think maybe like incel violence. Yeah. It deals with a lot of different stuff that is hot uh, in the news right now. Some songs work better than others, though.
1: I, uh... Yeah, that's the sense I definitely got. Um And... Baby? There's... Okay. There's a
0: song called Babies in Cages. Yeah, right. There's a song called Heroin Again.
1: There's a song called Thoughts and Prayers. Here's, here's, here's my thought, though. Um, we've talked a lot on... Even on this episode alone about how we... You and I, mm-hmm. two white males in New Hampshire, Maine. Yep, um, we live in a bit of a uh, of a liberal bubble. Yeah, perhaps to us this might seem way over the top. Yeah, maybe uh, to make the messaging like sort of register. In the south, maybe it does need to be a little more overt. Maybe it needs it's to good. be that's a true. little more over the top, and like, look, these are the fucking issues. That's true. I'm spelling them out for you, like pretty plain and simple. That's true. But, I mean, that's not that's not to say that it's not on the nose. I think some of it is, but that's that's one possible defense. I think. No, I,
0: I think that's a, that's a point well taken. Um, is
1: because they, I mean, they they are in the milieu,
0: Sean. Yeah, of country music. That that that's a really good point. Um, and I also think none of these songs are bad though like my my one critique is well this feels like a reddit thread from 2018 where like this seems obvious to me. So I guess you're right. Maybe this music isn't for me necessarily. I was rocking to some of these songs, though. Sure. I was like, yeah, take your thoughts and prayers and shove them up your ass. Like, yes. yeah. Right, exactly.
1: Like that's yeah. not, There's no there's no subtlety there. No, that's no. That's not sleight of hand. No. it's just fucking... Exactly. He's exactly. telling you right
0: there. So a uh, lot of albums to listen to. I think I, I, I need more time with a good chunk of these, but we're off to a strong start for the year music-wise.
1: Yep. I feel the very same. I'm excited to continue until next time
0: until next time stick around for that after show pre-show we will make sense of all of the news items that have been hitting us recently you're gonna
1: feel better after you listen you will you'll feel it. a lot better definitely you, you, won't.
0: you won't feel turn hopeless back. turn back <laughs> uh, we'll see you next time guys thanks for watching. bye
1: Okay, we're on the mic, on we're ready to go for another week.
0: The mic. Or another um, month,
1: really, sort of, the way yeah, we
0: Yeah, no, that that is true. Um, okay, Jake, it's been uh, three weeks since our last podcast on yep. January 15th. Things that have happened since our last podcast, okay? In, in
1: that time, yes.
0: Um, the President of the United States was impeached and had a sham trial. Where he was kangaroo court. <laughs> yes, exactly. And this happened today, where yeah. he he was let off the hook uh, without witnesses. Wait, they had a trial with no witnesses. Let's, was, let's let say, the record show. I was
1: gonna say it's not too hard to win a trial mm-hmm. um when it is literally a foregone conclusion. Yep. The oath of impartiality is a sham. It's ignored. Yep. Is ignored and is a sham, and um, you can vote to not allow witnesses just because you have more people who when are
0: Republicans. John Bolton literally wrote a book outlining the exact thing Trump was accused of doing, and they said no, 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 thank you. We don't need that. We don't want that. That doesn't seem pertinent. <laughs> it doesn't seem the house should have done their job.
1: Now I can't see how that it's and it's like oh you, oh, you mean the job you didn't let them right. do exactly
0: exactly and like um I'm gonna put that behind me yeah because what it's like do? it's too upsetting. it was a foregone conclusion yeah like I I I do love though that Trump will be one of three presidents ever impeached, impeached. Yeah. so that that's nice that's good um Kobe Bryant died
1: this is he's dead it's insane that it it really is tragic and very sad um and you know we probably don't need to do a whole thing on this because because every sports podcast did a remembering kobe episode which was great
0: yeah the the one thing I, i do want to comment on it's incredibly sad uh you know him and his daughter died in the helicopter crash with uh, what, seven other seven people? Seven other people. Many of um, those, like, families. It's yeah, like it's, it's... it's
1: Parents uh, and their kids. An
0: unfathomable tragedy. Yeah. Um, I, I want to step away from that. Like, no one is listening to this for our, like, Kobe remembrance. No. Um, but do, you're going to get 20 wanna, minutes of do it. Do I want to do <laughs> I don't want to do it. I, I just wanted to comment. I, I found this to be uh, really upsetting to the point where I had a hard time interacting with some of like the tributes and memorials and all of like the discussion after the fact i had to like take a step back and not listen to some of the podcasts or not watch some of the things um
1: it's it's so sad this was i I do think this was the most shocking celebrity death of the last i mean as long as maybe of all time For for us in our lifetime and um and part of it was and this has become a trite point at this at, the, at this point because everyone has said it but i remember one of my first thoughts when it, i saw it was just like that it seems impossible and like it can't have yeah like how could kobe have died like
0: yeah kobe of all people and i actually i found out from a text you sent me mm-hmm. and i remember reading the text and just the i was reading the information and my brain was taking it in but it did not compute like i literally for two or three seconds was kind of confused and like me too dude no
1: like no this must be wrong me too so i got a text from big friend of the pod josh so this is going to become like a big time remember where you were when it happened thing um mary kate and i were on the train back from new york city we had gone to see the book of mormon which was awesome by the way i've seen you listening to the soundtrack dude it was so fucking Oh yeah the songs are great it's really it's very 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 funny um right exactly uh and so our friend Josh, big friend of the pod, lives in New Haven, Connecticut now. And he uh, gave us a ride to and from the train station. Yeah. And so we I had been texting him just before to get a ride. And he texted me. He's like, dude, Kobe Bryant died. And uh, it was weird because it was a two-hour train ride. I had every, had every intention of finishing a book on this train ride. And I like – it was a, one of those rare moments where usually I see a celebrity death, a famous death mm. of some kind. I'll read, like, a couple headlines. I'll, yep. I'll skim through it. And I'll be like, okay, like, I can kind of put that behind me now. Yeah, I, like, couldn't with this one. And I kind of, like, kept reading yes. stuff. I couldn't, like, help it.
0: I, I had a similar thing. You texted me. I immediately turned on the news. It was still early enough where CNN hadn't been able to confirm it was Kobe Bryant yet. Yeah. Um, and then just I, I ended up watching the coverage for probably, like, a good hour, hour and a half and just seeing everyone on tv kind of like with this shocked look on their face trying to talk through it was uh, like nothing i've really ever experienced and to your point not being able to immediately read that headline and just say ah like wow like another celebrity dead i guess people die every day this one did feel
1: different in that regard because it literally doesn't like register it doesn't make sense it was like Kobe died doing just the most Kobe shit. Mm-hmm. He was off to a Mamba Academy, like basketball game with his daughter yep. in his own helicopter yep. or like the helicopter that he, he flew, flew. Yeah. And I heard that thing that he would take helicopters because it was like, it allowed him more time with his family yeah. than waiting in traffic. Yep. waiting. And it's like, Hey, if you have the ability to take choppers
0: places, do it. But I guess this is like, this can happen. And yeah. It, and it did. So,
1: and I, the last thing I'll say, I don't yeah. think I, I, so I was just thinking about how, and this is really only important to me, but I mentioned how I was in New York. Yes. And hours before this happened, Mary Kate and I went from our hotel to Central Park, and we walked to the Dakota Building and the Strawberry Fields like area yeah. in Central Park, where um, near where John Lennon was shot. You can actually walk right by the walkway where he was shot. Yeah. Um, and so that was like, sort of on my mind as I was leaving New York City and like. And so on the train, I I was just thinking about like these are sort of similar deaths in a way. Like they both were like completely and totally unexpected. They both came after these, like, still young men Mm -hmm. retired from Mm -hmm. as famous as they've ever been into like something a little more secluded.
0: Yeah, but we're both still backing on this interesting
1: second chapter. Yeah. You know, really reinventing themselves. Like Kobe, the ultimate selfish basketball player, reinventing himself as. You know, like, a father with with his daughter and, like, trying to teach basketball to others. John changing his life in myriad ways. So, anyways, it, it just is interesting to me. Kobe was 41. John was 40. Yeah. They both were famous at an exceedingly young age. And, like, as yeah. famous as you could possibly imagine being. Yeah. Um, and both were were taken out in ways that you really would never have expected couldn't possibly write up no just no. living their normal life
0: that that is a very interesting comparison uh, and yeah I, I think I think that's spot
1: on and so it's not one that matters to anyone else but for me it was it was definitely like sort of just this eerie kind of like mm-hmm. I don't know it, it I, there's no explaining it except it just feels like sort of comparable I guess but uh, also yeah we had the coronavirus
0: outbreak. That is still going on. Contagion. And we're still not quite
1: sure. invasion. I'm the guy. I'm I'm the movie Phantom Menace. Invasion. <laughs>
0: I'm pretty sure that guy's name was Chancellor. Was was, was Silo Bibble. Of, I think. Uh, of course it was. I think. I think. Of course it was. Um, is he's sort of the star of the movie. I might be getting my like tertiary characters mixed up,
1: but we failed diplomatic there. missions can only mean one thing, Your Highness war invasion it's like dude like (laughs) what I'm seven watching this on VHS like just give me Darth Maul instead you give me this fucking dude saying six times as many words as Maul says in the entire movie now I know Sorry, you were talking about coronavirus. Yeah, we still don't know,
0: like, really how bad this is going to get. They say it's contained. They say there's nothing to worry about.
1: One of my coworkers yesterday was very, very sick. And I was in, like, several meetings with her and, like... Stay home. Yeah, I think it kind of hit her at work. But it's, like, one of those things where I was like, fuck, like, uh, what do you say? Uh, Yeah, like... Because,
0: like, I... There's a worldwide, like, outbreak going on of this thing. A pandemic. That looks
1: exactly like the common cold which by the way a pandemic is the most likely source of of another mass extinction yes that's what happens in the course of human history
0: yes so
1: happens like every few centuries we have
0: the american empire uh in decline Mm -hmm. we have a potential pandemic wiping out the human race so it doesn't even matter um we well we have the super bowl that goes on though um,
1: yeah, football is pretty, family. Football pretty, is tradition. Honestly, pretty a pretty
0: meh game. Football, is I safe. thought. <laughs> I it was it was fine. It was a fine game. I honestly think there was only like five minutes of true excitement at the end there.
1: So I I was trying to go through like Bill Simmons did with Sal. And, I, and with big friend of the pod Kevin, and yeah. trying to rate like rate them with letter grades. Yes. To calibrate Super Bowls, what would you consider an A plus? Um, I would consider Patriots, Patriots, Patriot Seahawks. A I would plus. consider an A plus. Yeah. Um. I would. Some would argue if you love offensive football, most recent Patriots Eagles. Eagles one a is probably an A plus too. Fewer changes of lead, but yeah. I'll, I'll give it to you. I, that said, I would give this Super Bowl probably in the realm of a B minus B. B two. And I'd Me give too. something, like, th- on the lowest end of the spectrum, like, removing my fandom yeah. from it. I'd give last year's Super Bowl about a D. Me too. I would give, like, um, the, like, what's another example of a pretty bad one? Um, uh, Broncos, Panthers. Or Broncos, Broncos, Broncos Seahawks. Broncos, Panthers is is a D. Yeah. Broncos, Seahawks is, like, maybe a C-. minus. Yeah, yeah. Could just because,
0: um, like... The blowout was so big; it kind of became interesting in that it way. Was it was a little excited. It was yeah. a scoregami. I would actually say no one but me. The Falcons Patriots is not an A plus. I think it's an A. It's I an think, A to an A minus. I think it's dinged
1: for the first half being a joke. And here's what I said: the reason it is an A above this Super Bowl, which yep. is also a comeback, yeah, which is like more like a B, yeah, is that that Super Bowl. The lows were lower when it was bad, but the highs were way higher way when higher. it was high. Yes. And it was it went to overtime. It yes. was close the whole time. Yes. This game was a comeback in the way like like one car gets a head start and then the other that is just faster speeds right. up and for a minute they're close. Right, But then the faster car is just like it, I'm actually like a mile such up the road. a
0: good point and it's it's exciting for the moments right before the faster car catches up for the moment that they have caught up and then the moment they're just passing them when you still think the slower car has a chance to make it interesting.
1: Exactly. And for some reason, something that is never satisfying to my brain, except if the Patriots were to do it, is a game that's a comeback and then kind of a blowout the yeah. other way. That I, I for some reason I really hate that. Me too. And it I was, can't explain it was why. the
0: Chiefs Texans game, but like but a not little as, less exaggerated yeah, not as bad. So um, yeah, it was a fine Super Bowl. I think um what hit me with this one is that like We're old enough now to have seen enough of these. Take the Patriots out of it. I think that doesn't help either that we've had games, so many games that mattered a lot that now when we go back to ones that we don't really have a stake in, it really shows how meaningless it is
1: and uh, it's another game. As another example, like a Super Bowl that just showed not partial I think a Super Bowl that's at least an A to maybe even an A plus is uh, Cardinal Steelers. Yes, excellent Agreed. Super Bowl. Agreed. Excellent Super Bowl. Yeah, um, but yeah, I agree. Yeah. Like, I mean, I was thinking about it the other day that they've been in in fucking nine nine. That's that's crazy. Nine. That's that's insane. It doesn't make sense.
0: Um, no one wants to hear that though. And then the final one, Jake, and this will feel great uh, knowing we have an election coming in twenty twenty. Um, that will, you know, be incredibly important to the future of this country. The Iowa caucuses happened, and they were a shit show. They we still don't up. have
1: a, an official winner. They fucked them up pretty bad, didn't they?
0: Yeah, it's been uh, days since uh, the caucus actually happened, <laughs> and there's <laughs> been all sorts. of... What are of... like
1: seventy two percent of precincts yeah. reporting? <laughs> yeah, like what the fuck have you been doing for the last fifty hours? Also, also, I like. I'm of two minds here. Yeah. One, I know it's not the system that's to blame. It's not the fact that it is a caucus. However, however. <laughs> yeah. And I think something there's something to be said about the community building that is a sure. caucus. But let's move past this fucking four corners. Dude. We're playing a game as kindergartners is, in a yep. gymnasium. Thank you. Just fucking vote. Just vote. It works just fine. Actually, it doesn't work because <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> our system of democracy is constantly being called into question and, like, feels like we could be hacked by foreign powers anytime.
0: And you know what is troubling is I actually do think this app not working was really just the fact that, hey, you had a bunch of older. People, volunteers who didn't know how to work the app, and it was glitchy, and it maybe wasn't made great. But my mind immediately jumped to, oh, there's foul play here.
1: Yeah, the DNC strikes
0: again. They're trying to cover up a Bernie win. You know, like, that's where my, my brain has gone, and it's fair like, or not.
1: And it's like, I know that only 70% or whatever are re- reporting, Sean. Yeah,
0: like, that's always so funny to me. Yeah,
1: yeah, but... um, it's, it's crazy that the caucus, like the Electoral co- College, is a system where you can lose despite getting more votes.
0: This is exactly what's happening with Bernie right now. He has more votes. He somehow has less delegates yep. at the moment. It
1: has to do with distribution. It's the same thing as the Electoral College.
0: That is a broken system. It needs to change. It does. What the fuck? What
1: is going on, guys? It's the same thing. It's like he can win big in like some huge center where it's yep. like... Because it, 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 it's the same as the Electoral College where, like, it's the theory that, like, if you're a Buttigieg supporter in a very heavily Sanders area, you may as well not vote. Here's the thing, though. That's just
0: how cities and populations work. I know. There's more people in an area. Guess
1: what? They have more voting power. That's how it fucking works. Yeah, and this is really more commentary on the Electoral College, but it's, like, yeah, it's broken. It, it, it is stupid. Anyways, this
0: is all just 30-something days into the new decade that all of this has happened. What a ride it's what, been. What is actually the most upsetting of all of this?
1: Um, well, okay. For I you mean, personally. The really most upsetting thing is is... For me personally is that is that Kobe Bryant died. And and I, I changed that answer four times in the course of making that answer. Yeah. And the reason I picked that is because the impeachment was a foregone conclusion, was never gonna work, and, and that's a system that is sad and has been sad. Yeah. Um the coronavirus, people dying, that's pretty bad yeah. too. Yeah, but so
0: in this this isn't necessarily right but the coronavirus feels like such a china thing still that it's like far away and doesn't really affect me uh, for now. I might eat those words in a month's time when, when you're bedridden
1: with when coronavirus. We're all dead. Uh for me it's the Trump stuff. For me it's impeachment. That's the most upsetting. Yeah. And I think the saddest individual news I have is Kobe.
0: Kobe. Correct. Yep. The most upsetting is is the impeachment. For sure because um, it's just
1: like it's just a it's a feeling of helplessness and it's a feeling of this is a broken system that there no matter how much I complain or no however however clever how no matter what clever tweets people put out there or however way you twist it to show like hey this is the truth it's corrupt it doesn't matter it's just gonna keep on going doesn't matter it goes that way doesn't
0: matter Um, yeah that's the most upsetting luckily Jake we have the Oscars to satiate us and comfort us in our time of need
1: there's nothing more meaningful than-,
0: <laughs> than than the Best Picture. So I think something before we dive into the actual episode that will be fun is if we rank the Best Picture nominees that we have seen from our favorite to our least favorite. Let me just say, this is one of the strongest crop of Best Picture nominees we've had since they moved it to, what, 10 Potential nominee slots. It's an excellent group. I it's have, a great group. I have
1: seen of the nine, I have seen eight That's movies.
0: That's an impressive figure. I've seen six of the nine. I haven't seen Jojo Rabbit. I haven't seen uh, Little Women. And I have not seen Ford versus Ferrari. I have
1: only, I have not seen Ford versus Ferrari. Okay. Um, Are you going to see it at some point? I would like to. I would like to. I think I'd actually really like it. I, I'm sure I would yeah. like it. Why don't you? Why don't you start? With okay. your Do you want to start at six and go to I, one? Or? I
0: will. I'll start at six. Um, I have Joker at six. Okay. Um, this is more a testament to how good the other films are on this list, more than like I've seen a lot of people saying, "Oh, like Joker doesn't deserve to be here." I didn't like the Joker, et cetera. I get that. But I also think it was really well done and entertaining, and I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. That's fair. I think Joaquin Phoenix was very good in it. So I have Joker at six. I have 1917 at number five. I think this is really impressive just from a filmmaking perspective with, you know, I don't want to call it a gimmick of, like, the all one-shot thing. Um, I thought that was really cool. I thought it told a cool story. I feel like you don't get World War One movies very often either. Very true. Um, very it's true. mostly World War Two. So I thought... Playing in that uh, era of history was really interesting. I, I did enjoy 1917 as well. Um, my one knock is like it was just too straightforward of a war movie. If you if you remove the filmmaking from it, it it's kind
1: of like
0: not that exceptional.
1: The only and this is a spoiler, I guess. So do a thirty second skip forward if you don't want it. Yeah, but uh i thought the one subversive thing they did was killing i did too the the person who i thought was the main character like maybe a half halfway through the movie that was that was interesting in a way i didn't totally expect because it's like i I was like oh they're gonna save this guy even though he's an enemy isn't that sweet and then they turn the camera back it's like oh no he's he's i really like that actually it's like war is hell yeah and you don't let your guard down for a fucking second because you can't because you'll get killed that
0: that's a very good point uh, number four, I have the Irishman. Um, again, testament to how good my top three is. I loved the Irishman. I thought it was excellent. However, I think I need to watch it again. It's very long. It's real dense. It's not quite what I expected from it, which I think is actually a good thing. But I just need to watch it again. Uh, my number three, I have Marriage Story. Um, Adam Driver was awesome in this. So was Joe. Noah bomback. I watched The Squid and the Whale last night. And this is basically like Marriage Story, but set in 1986. Uh, Also excellent. So I don't know. I I really like Marriage Story. Sounds good. Number two, uh, I had Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, This was my leader in the clubhouse up until very recently when I saw my number one movie, which is Parasite.
1: That's a very, very solid list. Yeah. So my list is Did Not Rank. Ford versus Ferrari, um, number eight. I have Joker. I think it, it's entertaining. I felt like it was a little shallow in some ways. Yeah. Um, well, I, I think as far as superhero movies go, though, it right. was actually d-
0: deeper than most, if not all, superhero movies.
1: I totally agree with that. Rated against other best picture nominees. Uh, shallow. Yeah. A little bit shallow. A little bit reductive. Yeah. yeah. Perhaps of what mental health is. Fair. I liked. A lot of it, even all of it, really with the exception of the final scene it, it on the talk show.
0: Uh, I thought that was the best part of the movie. I liked parts well, of that okay. scene.
1: I thought that it was ridiculous, though. It was. it was. He,
0: went on, he was allowed to go on for way too long. And
1: his rant was the most fucking on-the-nose yes, thing it was. you could possibly However, imagine.
0: And you know what? I'm not even doing a spoiler warning, because if you haven't seen Joker yet, like, yep. it, came it came out almost out in October. a year ago. Um, <laughs> it didn't, but... Uh, Six months, seven months. When he shoots Robert De Niro, yeah, that was so violent and just like, whoa! I, I, like that I, really I, got me.
1: I wished that it, I think it would have worked so much better if he just came in, sat down, and he was like, "Hey, how you doing?" And he like laughed or something, and then just pulled the gun out and shot him. I rather would agree. than got on a soapbox. And I was agree. like, in this country, mental I, health people are blah blah blah. I, like, I
0: think they sort of needed to do that for the dummies in the audience.
1: But here is the thing, man. Why do that?
0: Because a lot of dumb people watch these movies and don't get it.
1: How dumb are you that you don't realize? Well, this half guy... the country
0: voted for Trump.
1: Well, I understand that, but it's a movie about the Joker. I know, <laughs> I know. The I whole know. premise is he's insane and becomes a murderous lunatic. I,
0: I, I agree. I, I think that. I, here's
1: the thing: I had such high expectations. I wanted so deeply to love it. Yeah, that it just it fell a little short. I still liked it.
0: I. Loved when he shot De Niro, and then I loved the scene when he's in the cop car, and they turn around the corner, and "White Room" by Cream is playing. It was in awesome. the city's in fucking chaos? It was really good. That
1: was an awesome moment. It was um, number seven. I have nineteen seventeen. Uh, I liked this movie a lot. Um, same, really, same reasons you gave. Um, not much else to say about that. Number six, I have The Irishman. I originally had this ahead of my number five slot, but I realized mm. that I actually enjoyed the number five one better. Fair. Now, I, again, like, which is Jojo Rabbit. Yeah. Which I I really liked. And I think that, you know, some people didn't, but I didn't go in expecting all that much or really even knowing mm-hmm. what to expect. And what I got was a movie that, like, took me kind of by surprise. And
0: um, How much, when you're ranking these or... Figuring out how much you like a movie, do you take into account just pure enjoyment versus craft and, like, filmmaking? And, like, what's the push and pull? Because I don't have a hard, fast way. It's kind of a mix of everything.
1: I don't think I would have a hard, fast way to call upon right now. I think with The Irishman, if you, like, in terms of craft, and it's a master making this kind of, like, magnum opus type of movie with two of his muses, if yeah. you, or really a few... Yeah. De Niro is more Yeah, his muse. Right, him but, and DiCaprio. But, um... I mean, The Irishman... So, okay, to answer your question, I, there's not any great yeah. one balance that I try to strike. Um. Number four, I put Marriage Story. Uh, number three is where I put Little Women. Really enjoyed it. Um, hmm. If I saw all these movies again, the, the other thing is like maybe I'd rank it different if I saw I it all know I would time. rank yeah. these differently if I saw them again. Um, I really enjoyed Little Women. And I – this might be weird – I had never... I didn't know the story. I don't really know it either. And I kind of don't want to going in. No, you know? I, I didn't know anything about I like Women. I like it more. I love Saoirse Ronan. Yeah, Sean. she's awesome. Love her. She's awesome. She's like one of my favorite yeah. actors. Yeah. Actresses. Yeah. I actually still don't know if, you, if actress is a thing we say anymore. I don't know either. One of my favorite. I mean, the Academy does. True. But the Academy is notoriously stodgy white and old. Yes, that is true. So, we'll we'll have to figure that out. Well, yeah, we're going to have to work on that. Number 2, I put Parasite and number 1, I put Once Upon a Time in Hollywood.
0: I think my Parasite Once Upon a Time is the definition of favorite versus best. Yep. Um I think if I see Once Upon a Time again, like that was my favorite movie this year, but I think Parasite's better.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. It, and I kind of
0: ranked it that way. But yeah. if I see Once Upon a Time again, like that might flip.
1: Because Once Upon a Time in Hollywood I think is a little overlong. That's the same thing as every Tarantino movie, yeah. though. Um I just yeah, I think all that being said, would rather rewatch it than Parasite. Although you know what? I Parasite was excellent. I think Parasite was so good. would be very rewatchable. It, would, it probably would be really good. Very to re-watch. rewatchable
0: because I actually think there would be a lot of themes you'd pick up on yeah.
1: earlier on,
0: knowing, honestly, knowing
1: what happens. Honestly, those two were really close, and it was hard yeah. to rank. And I think ultimately, when I threw my ranking together, it was just I was a feeling Once Upon a Time a little more yeah. in that moment. Sounds and funny. that kind of goes for the whole ranking. Nice. Well,
0: that was a lengthy pre-show, but that's good. We had a lot to talk about yeah, that it was. wasn't necessarily music-related. Uh, let's go ahead and dive in now. We'll, we'll hit some of these new albums uh, you ready? I'm good. Okay. Three, two, one.